0: We've been well in the MS Road story this morning, Rachel's wonderful children's talk, and uh, we've read it again there, and Chris has been mentioning it in the worship. It's another of the resurrection stories in the Lectionary that we're going through, and I have found it a a fascinating one. Uh, wondering constantly, as I've been reading it, what is Luke? on here because Luke's the only one that talks about this story and it it is quite an interesting tale. Who are these two characters? One that we hear is called Cleopas. Where have they been up until now? Where do they go afterwards? They're certainly not the twelve but they certainly seem to be in the inner circle and where is a mess and where are they going to and what goes on? And as I've read the passage over and over and then as I read a spectrum of different thoughts on the passage the one thing that came back to me the one thing that um, I was drawn to was this bit where when they start to talk to the stranger they use these words but we had hoped that but we had hoped that Have you ever been in a we had hoped that situation? This has happened and we've prayed about it and we've talked about it and we had hoped that. But maybe it didn't happen. We had hoped that. Maybe even outside of the personal, we had hoped that we wouldn't have another election a few months after we had the last one. Maybe we had hoped that we would still be European, maybe we had didn't. Maybe we had hoped that it was a joke and Trump wasn't going to be president. Maybe we had hoped that North Korea had disappeared off the map. Maybe we had hoped that we weren't under the threat of nuclear war the same as we were in the early 60s. Maybe we had hoped that and maybe actually, maybe actually we're in a generation where... The hoping that we had progressed has had a very sharp thud over the last year. And we're a post. We hope that generation. But I don't want to talk outside of Fitzroy this morning. Don't want to talk in some ways outside of myself or outside of us. I want us to look at this story and see if we can find ourselves somewhere in the story. And if there's any way we might be able to um, learn from it as we journey together step by step in the midst of all the things that are thrown at us. There's all kinds of different things. A stranger welcomed in for the Jews in the Torah. That's interesting. They were welcoming these guys. And... uh, They were unaware of the skills that this stranger brought with him. "Ah, What has been going on? The stranger says, what do you mean what's been going on? How did you miss it? And as they share the story with him, they're not aware that uh, he has a fuller story to share back with them. I think there's two things at the end of the journey that gets them to ask him to stay. I think one genuinely is a sense of, hospitality, oh you don't want to go on at this stage, come in and share with us but there's another side of it where they want to hear more from this guy because there's something he's telling them that they know they want to hear more of and then the breaking of bread, chapter 24 just a couple of chapters ago Jesus was breaking bread with the disciples in this new sacramental thing and that's the moment where revelation occurs, that's quite interesting. And then if you go just a couple of chapters later in Luke, because you can, because Luke doesn't finish at the end of Luke, Luke goes into the Acts of the Apostles, we find that this breaking of bread thing's happening again. After Peter preaches at Pentecost, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, what Jesus was sharing with them on the road, and a fellowship, sharing on the road, and to the breaking of bread and a prayer. There's something in this story of Luke's that is journeying us as Luke does, journey us. The travel narratives from 13 on that we've gone on and on about for the last number of years in Fitzroy. People are going to Jerusalem and coming back from Jerusalem all the way through this gospel and here they are going away from Jerusalem again but before the end of the story they're actually back in Jerusalem again and as Luke's editorial comes in here. I don't think we should miss that little bit about the breaking of bread and the fellowship and the apostles' teaching. All happen on the road to Emmaus in a much smaller way than that embryonic fellowship of believers in Acts chapter 2. But let me, in a short space of time, let me assure you. Take you to another story that caught my attention somehow in the middle of this. This might work, by the way, and it might really not, but I'm hoping it does. I want to take you, and some of you might know this story. Um, It's a tragic story, but it's a fascinating story, and it might just help us to journey in the road to Emmaus. Um, Eleven years ago, there was a a very bad car accident in um, Indiana in the States and, um, five students from Taylor University were killed in this car rack in Indiana, and as you know, uh, or you probably don't know some of you, but I, I would go to Taylor University quite a lot, um, it's the moment of the greatest, um, uh, my greatest moment was when Miroslav Wolf took the stage after Ed Peterson and I and quoted me, and I'd love to have been there for that, but I was out talking to one of my old students when it happened, but, uh, Taylor's somewhere that's become important for me, both the people there and the ice cream parlour that's just half a mile away called Ivanhoe's that I, I love an awful lot. So when I heard this news, um, uh, I was devastated by the news that this university had been hit with this awful car accident. Some of the students had gone up to Fort Wayne to prepare for some sort of outreach thing they were doing. They were on their way back to the university and um, a truck, uh, somebody fell asleep at a truck and came across... Um, the road uh, and and killed five of them. Laura Van Ryn's parents um, were soon at her bedside because she had survived and she had gone to hospital and her parents had travelled a few hours to be at her bedside where they would be there for weeks because Laura was in a coma. And I imagine that in that moment beside Laura's bed they had hoped that They were praying. They had companions, no doubt, from the university, Christian Liberal Arts University, pastoral staff from there, pastors from their own church. They had sat by Laura's bed and they had hoped that. They had hoped that Laura would come out of this coma. They had hoped that Laura would make a recovery. They had hoped that Laura would get back to the life that some of her friends wouldn't get back to. This is real Christian faith. Because of the resurrection that we've been celebrating for the last two weeks, it doesn't mean the tragedies will be taken away. Far from it, most of us have lived through some of those tragedies and losses. The Christian life does not make us exempt from those things. And the Emmaus Road where these two guys are sharing their um, trauma of that, they had hoped that, but... And they're talking about theology and they're talking about what they thought they knew from the scriptures and what they thought they knew that Jesus had taught them. And they're sharing it with each other when Jesus comes and actually in some cathartic way says to them, let me listen to you talking about this. Let me listen to your sense of hopelessness or your sense of despair or the, that which you'd lost. The Christian faith, we're still going to have deep heartache and we're going to have deep soul questions. And I'm sure that around Laura's bed, those things were going on. They weren't moving, they were sitting, but it was an immense road. People were finding companionship, and they sought Jesus as a companion in those moments. Here's the twist, and here's why this is national news. A few weeks in, Laura's parents began to become suspicious that this wasn't Laura and so five weeks afterwards they asked Laura to write her name down and Laura wrote Whitney Whitney Serac had been buried they thought five weeks earlier because she was one of those killed in the car rack but she wasn't at the scene of the car rack somehow Whitney's student card landed right beside Laura or no did Laura's Laura's landed right beside Whitney and for five weeks they thought that Laura had survived and Whitney hadn't for five weeks one family was in mourning for the loss of their daughter who was alive and the other family were praying for what they thought was their daughter But it wasn't, because she was already buried. Why do I tell that story? Because um, (coughs) Whitney um, Serac now, Whitney Wheeler, tells all of this story. You can get it on YouTube at a Taylor Assembly that I accidentally found online. And what she says about that, which was what drew me into this part of the story, was that very few of us know what they're going to say at our our funeral but Whitney has watched her funeral back on video all the things her family would say about her that her colleagues would say about her that her neighbours would say about her and so I thought about Jesus I'm going to come back to Whitney and Laura in a minute but I thought about Jesus on the mess road Jesus says to these guys tell me about myself tell me what's just happened to me They don't hear it in those words, but he's listening as they try to explain to him about him. Laura and Whitney's families have had to deal with that in very different ways. Whitney not only recovered, but went back to university that fall, finished her degree, married her childhood sweetheart, and has been a missionary Overseas For a few years Against all they're on a play Even the hoped for in the hospital Laura's mum said Well we just continue to love Whitney Because for those five weeks She was our daughter And we continue to pray for her And support her etc etc One of the other uh, Families who lost The Larson family They lost um, Brad Larson Brad's brother Jeff at Taylor said this about the car rack a year later or ten years later. God through his word does not promise us freedom from hardship and suffering but he does promise he will care for us through those times. What they had hoped for and in the midst of what we had hoped for Who comes alongside us? This morning in Fitzroy are we those who are hoping for something? Or are we those who have hoped for something? And sometimes our conversation as we journey into this what we hope for is more combat than communion. That was a phrase I read in the commentaries this week and I thought it was interesting. Some of the dilemmas we're in in our lives, when we talk about God and we theologize about them and when we share the questions about it, sometimes our journeys can be combat rather than communion. And I think the road to a mess, even though Jesus at the end of it says, he is daft and you does not see, I think he still is listening to their combat. He's a companion with them in the combat. In the combat between what they're hoping for and what the reality is. And what they think can happen in prayer and what can't. I think there's this place of combat that we're allowed to have. The psalmists are always in combat with God. We can come to God and be honest with God. We can come to God and rage with God because of what happened to us and I'm sure the Van Ren family have been in combat many times down the years as to what happened to them and the switch of emotions from them to the Sirach family. We need to be honest. I did something that I think was the most unprofessional thing I ever did as a Presbyterian minister once. And I was beside one of your beds in hospital and I prayed a prayer and as I opened my eyes after the prayer I said to the person who was in the bed and the family around about doesn't always work you know and I thought what did I just do there and what it was just doing there was just bringing some combat into the communion that when I pray and I pray with all I've got That something will happen to one of us in this fellowship. That I know that the Van Rens prayed all that they had. And sometimes the prayer answer is not the answer to the prayer that we want, because as Dave was telling us earlier through C.S. Lewis, God doesn't change, but prayer changes us in the midst of the prayer. And it's all right to have combat as well as communion. It's all right to be the honest pastor that says I hope with all my heart that this works but I've been in life enough to realize that sometimes it doesn't. Many times there's a revelation of interruption but it's a revelation of interruption sometimes like it is in the road to mess, not a let's reason this out together and by the end of it Jesus walks on and they say, oh, we have all that sorted. There's moments of revelation where into our own stories, something just breaks in from the Spirit that helps us to see with different perspective. And Luke believed that there was something about this communion and this fellowship and this listening that was important to the deal of discipleship. And I couldn't help help but note down during Dave's prayers that it's easier to pray for a boar than to visit them. And this call to get alongside companions on the road. And this call to be listeners to one another. And this call for the word of God to move into the combat and communion. We're all called to that. There are people around us right now who need a listening. There are people around us right now who need a little bit of theological combat because of what they're going through. There's people around us right now who have hoped that, but they need people to walk with them through the next bit of the whatever they're hoping for. And I know that some of you and many of you do that. But can I call us as a fellowship, can I call us as a community to realise that over the last number of years, many people have joined this community that maybe you don't even know the name of. And one of the things that I would like to target for maybe next year in Fitzroy is an opportunity for us to get to know each other more, so that we can be those companions, so that we will have more listeners, so that we might connect with those that we need to connect with because I have seen the harvest of the friendships that Fitzroy have built over 40 years but I'm aware that in our generation in this generation we're living in right now some of those friendships take more intention to make happen and we need as a church to be those who are companions along the way and then the Bible of course brings perspective to the journey (coughs) Blessed are those who have a biblical perspective to know that the mourn, those who mourn, will be comforted. We can find our hearts burning when we hear stories of resurrection. But you know what I've learned? We can find our hearts burning when we hear stories of tragedy when there wasn't what they'd hoped for. My friend John, his father was a policeman, went to work one Friday. His mother had just heard that she was pregnant with John. Father went to what was then the Ulster Poly, went into a lecture theatre, And a bomb went off and John's dad never got home. And John's mum never got to tell him. And John never knew his dad. Now that's not a story of resurrection. That's not a story that burns within you. That's not the hoped for story of John's mother. That's not even the hoped for story of John who later on realised what it was Not to grow up with a father. But you know what? When John shared that story during the Four Corners Festival in February. My heart burned within me. As I heard about how he and his sister and his mother dealt with that tragedy. It's not always the happy endings that become the powerful endings. Sometimes in our deepest tragedies, in the most of our hopelessness, sometimes there's even resurrection there that can have us scurrying away to tell others. So this morning, Fitzroy, are there those things that we hoped for that we need to share? There's prayer ministry over here, which is a start. There may be people in the tea and coffee area afterwards who you could have a conversation with. Might not be for now. Might be at some stage down the road where you want to just make a phone call. Or you might want to get together with somebody and have some combat as well as communion. For the rest of us, are we willing to be companions on the journey? Are we willing to be the listener? And then are we willing to have a biblical revelation of God response to whatever it is that happens? Whether it's what we hoped for or whether it's what happens to us. Let's pray together. Lord, it would seem, and I know the minister can contrive it, that Luke saying something here about what we've done this morning. Just before the cross, Jesus got his disciples together in some sense of informal, yes, but worship and broke bread as something that was going to be important for his revelation to the church right down the centuries and even millennia. Here where Jesus is just with two disciples that breaking of bread is the moment of revelation. Two chapters on that little church is formed where there will be breaking of bread but in the breaking of bread there is fellowship and where there is fellowship there is listening and where there is listening there is honesty and when there is sharing with each other there is whatever this idea of church community is for those who had hoped for but And so I pray, Lord, that you would make us such a community and you would help us to find the ways that we could develop such a community. And I pray that even today, for those of us who need to share, there would be somebody we could share with and that we would give ourselves to be companions on the road to revelation and resurrection. May it be so, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.